0: welcome to this podcast recorded for East Langshire Hospitals especially for International Women's Day 2022. I'm Shelley Wright, I'm one of the exec team here at the Trust and today we have the entire female contingent from the exec team which I think is probably quite rare. So we're here to show our support for International Women's Day and just to chat about our experiences looking specifically at this year's theme which is break the bias and we're just going to be talking generally about some of the barriers we've faced in our careers and perhaps in our lives in general. as well as the support that we've appreciated from others along the way and perhaps some tips for handling gender bias here at ELHT. I'll let them introduce themselves. Kate.
1: Good morning, everybody. I'm Kate Quinn. I'm the Operational Director of HR and OD.
2: Sharon.
3: Hi, I'm Sharon Gilligan, Chief Operating Officer.
2: Michelle. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle Brown. I'm Director of Finance.
4: And Chris. Hi, I'm Chris Pearson. I'm uh, the Chief Nurse. And Kate.
5: Hi, I'm Kate Atkinson and I'm the Interim Director of Service Development and Improvement.
0: Brilliant, so it's great to find a moment, I think, to think about women in leadership and management in the NHS, but also some of us have come up um, through a different route, haven't we? Um, But I want to chat to you about your personal experiences as as much as anything. So my first question to you is, what was it like for you as a woman as you moved up the career ladder, whether that was in the NHS or somewhere else? Did you feel like it was biased towards gender? And do you think it's changed as time's moved on?
1: So when I joined the NHS when I was 17, so that's a long time ago now, (laughs) um, I just been reflecting and all the management and leaders were men, all of them. Supervisors were women but that tended to be as far as they got, which is interesting. I never, I don't suppose I ever felt, maybe it's sort of the naivety of a 17 year old, but I never really felt that that was a bias. It just was how it was, but it's interesting now to look at the NHS and see actually there are significantly more women in leadership roles, which is fantastic. So yeah, maybe there was bias, But I just never realised it. Um, I think I had to step out of that particularly big organisation to get sort of management experience as a practice manager and then step back into a bigger NHS organisation, by which time I think perhaps things had changed somewhat. But um, that, yeah, that's my reflection of sort of how things have changed perhaps from 36 years ago.
0: honesty there kate like it
4: chris did you have your hand up yes yes so i'm probably the oldest one here um i'm 42 years nearly in the nhs and i've got a mixed story really so uh for those of you who know me know that i'm quite tiny so it's not only struggling with um, gender issues but also heights because sometimes if you're less than five foot two you don't get seen um, and I've got a mixed view really I think it's not only struggling with being a woman but also managing a house and if you go back to the 80s the views were different than in the 80s to what they are today so I have been supported along the way but I can remember a story of not long after coming back after maternity leave and um applying for a post which was a career aspiration for me uh, and being told I hadn't got it because I'd got two children and it'd be a bit of a struggle coming back and if anything that made me more determined than ever Shelley to prove that as a woman I could achieve into a leadership position and I've never given up really so um, all that did was made me more determined than ever that they were not going to stick me in a box just because I was a female.
0: Love it. It puts me in mind actually of when I worked in a, a previous organisation, not in the NHS, and we were doing, um, Kate will recognise this from HR, a nine box grid, which is a bit of a kind of pr- progression and succession exercise where you're looking for the next people to come along who are talented. And we had a colleague who was uh, a woman, super talented, you know, clearly a kind of rising star and a star of the future. And we were sat around kind of putting people into the nine box grid. And when this particular name came up, my colleagues who again were mainly uh, male said but you've got to remember first and foremost she's a mum and that wasn't said about anybody else on that nine box grid who incidentally were also mostly male no one mentioned that you know the mom was a dad or mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing but it you know and that's not that long ago um, so you know your story completely resonates from from that perspective who else Kate
5: Hi. So I was just thinking as you you were all speaking, I think I've had um, a really positive experience being a woman in, in the NHS. I think even I joined as a management trainee back in 2000 and we were predominantly women on the management training scheme, which I don't know if that was unusual or not at the time. And I probably didn't sort of overly think about it. But during my career, I think I've been really fortunate in mainly working for women as, as my line managers and some really strong women who have been really inspiring for me as my career has progressed and, and been mentored by some really um great great women as well. So it's probably not something that I've overly thought about, but actually I think I've just been really fortunate in, in some of the people that I've worked with and, and do feel that I've really sort of benefited as a result. I think the bit that's been the most difficult for me was what Chris said in terms of when I when we decided that we were going to have a family. Um, and actually at that point I was already in quite a senior position. And actually probably more the pressure that I put on myself at that time in terms of uh, coming back to work, determined to work full time, trying to manage that as well as uh, a child who decided he was never going to sleep. So it was really, really tough. And actually probably more the pressure that I put on myself that I felt that I had to be able to do absolutely everything. You know, 10 out of 10 on on absolutely everything. And actually sort of ended up really quite sort of stressed and, and unhappy for a period of time whilst trying to find that balance. Uh, so I, th- I think being at trying to do everything I think is part of the issue that I think we can sometimes face as women sort of working full time.
0: Do you think that as a group, you know, we're all line managers, aren't we? We're in a really fortunate position to be able to influence the organisation. Do you think that we recognise that of of colleagues coming in? You know, we have shared parental leave now, so it could be, uh, you know, non-gender. But people coming back after those kind of life-changing moments, whether it's starting a family or anything else, do we feel like we recognise it and support it and licence people not to feel how you did, Kate, which is massive amounts of pressure on yourself? Michelle?
2: yeah i I think when you've got that lived experience it's it's really important to empathize with your staff when they're going through that that same thing and that we recognize that i have got um sort of a varied view through my career around where this has hit me and i have seen stark misogyny previous to the nhs and within the nhs as well so previous to the nhs um i worked in retail and i can remember finding out one day that the lads that did the same job as me as um Sort of a floating assistant manager type role were all paid more than me um, and I asked the question why was that now this was the early 90s and the answer I was giving back was that I had to recognize that one day they needed a career and one day they would need to support a family and I actually accepted that as a, as a, oh a I, I knew it kind of wasn't right but I thought I didn't know what I could do about it at the time it's actually not that long ago that that was said to me and in that firm it's probably the same position now actually so I I um, didn't go to university until I was 26 and then didn't start in the NHS until I was 30. And when I came on to, I joined the National Management Training Scheme, as Kate said there, but I had a different uh, experience there as well, because through the finance route at that time it was predominantly male. So I was the only female in that cohort of that year. And a bit like Chris was saying around the assistance, etc, being female at that time, virtually every director of finance was male. You had quite a lot of deputies that were female, but not uh, female directors of finance. And I I am quite proud that through that, that three years ago, I became the first female DOF in and South Cumbria. But it's quite appalling that it was only three years ago. So you've got a difference of um, through each career structure within the NHS. I think it is slightly different as well. But I think we're recognising that. Recognizing that now, and uh, I resonate completely with what Kate said when you have children and how you need to take that into the equation. Having a supportive employer is so so important. When I was applying for jobs as I left university, I knew I was nearly thirty at that point. I had it in my head that people wouldn't consider me because they'd be thinking, "Oh, she'll be going up yeah. and having babies soon." Yeah. And that, that's a really bizarre thing. And I think now, and I think well, I actually thought like that, but I really thought that was real. I thought I had to do better. Than every male in that room because I had something over to climb over which was the fact that they were going to be thinking she's going to be having babies so, which is wrong isn't it yeah Kate
1: yeah no I agree with um, what Kate's experience and what Michelle's just described and, and I have witnessed managers in previous organizations a long time ago articulating exactly that about women having babies and, and actually they might not ask the question in an interview <laughs> because they know they can't but then that bias is in their head in making a decision. But I think as well, you know, thinking about Michelle's point there, saying that you know you think you have to be ten times better than men in order to get on, put yourself under that amount of pressure. And as a mum, again, you put yourself under the pressure because you think I can't be seen to be doing any less because I've got a family, because that'll be held against me. And and I had the same sort of struggle, put myself under that pressure and then as a single mum in a senior job, put myself under that pressure. It's really difficult. But I think I do know I've I've seen and witnessed other female managers and leaders not be particularly compassionate with other people. Partly because I think they feel that they've been brought up through an age where actually you were expected to get on with it and you were expected to be as good as the men and not to need flexibility. And so if if I could do it, why can't you? And I think that is something that as as leaders, I think we need to be able to to change because, do you know what, we, we should be more flexible. We should be more giving. Men do have equal paternity rights now. Why why shouldn't we be as compassionate um, with with each other as 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 we would have liked to have been treated ourselves coming up through the ranks, and and that's the thing I think as women in leadership roles, we have to help other people up. So we have to help other people not have that same experience that perhaps we've had. So I think a bit more compassion from people, and not just to assume because you had it hard, everybody else has
0: to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> And also, I think what we're hearing in the last kind of, you know, bit of the conversation is that we've appreciated that flexibility, haven't we? And, you know, it might be that you're not going to be in the office nine till five. But for example, this morning, I've been up, did some work, then stopped, made a couple of packed lunches and some breakfast, and then, you know, carried on a bit. And, you know, last night did a little bit. And you know, that won't work for everybody. But, but for me, it does. And I feel really a bit like Kate, you know, very positive that I work with people and for people who understand that, you know, I'm I'm getting on with my job, I'm doing it. It might not look exactly like you might think, you know, in years gone by, but guess what? You know, it doesn't mean it's any less valued.
3: I think um things have changed and certainly I think more men are kind of, you know, working flexibly and taking the kind of much greater share of childcare than before. And I agree with what's been said about a lot of women, you know, who are older, uh and have been around longer who then say, well, I had a tough, so why should we give you a break? I mean, you know, if I'm honest, I think um, throughout my career, I've probably worked for more men than women, but I preferred working for the men um, than the women. That's just my personal experience. And when I was, um, when we're talking about doing this, I was thinking, you know, I've never experienced any of this. You know, everything's been fine. Um, The boards I've sat on have been, you know, an equal split the managers um if anything have been predominantly women and then i started to think about it and i remember a few years ago not in this organization um not a few organizations and i was all set for a promotion and i was really excited about this promotion and a couple of consultants had sent me texts to say well here you're going to get promoted you know well done and i remember sent my boss you know when's it going to happen when's the you know stuff gonna go through and stuff and he went ah oh, yeah uh the person who i won't name he's changed his mind and that was his boss and i said oh, why and he said oh because he says you know you put too much on that girl and she'll end up going off sick and you know this girl was mid 30s and had never had a day off sick in her career and i think it was because he thought you know um a woman couldn't manage the roof. to world of ops and manage i was worried that i wouldn't be able to manage the porters um you know they might be a bit rough for me and you know tough and uh because obviously you know there in that trust they were predominantly male but never had any problem but suppose i've seen it another side as well um sometimes i do feel sorry for men because i think they are in quite a difficult position and I've certainly had conversations where men have been afraid to manage women's performance in case they get accused of being sexist and you know I remember having a conversation with a consultant about a a junior doctor and oh she's terrible and I said so what did you say when you raised it with her and he said well I haven't and I said well why and he said oh well you know she might cry and you know she might kind of then say I've kind of bullied her and I'm sexist. And I said, well, would you raise it with a man? He went, well, yeah. And well, well, then you are sexist because, you know, you wouldn't raise it with a woman. But I do think it is difficult. And I think sometimes men find it difficult and I also think I mean I do you know in today's society I feel sorry for kind of young men because I don't think they really know what the rules of the game are and I've got a 24 year old nephew and I think it's different to when um we were young and in some ways better and in some ways not because I don't think you know progress isn't always um Better, but I definitely think it's better in terms of flexibility, and in terms of you know it not just being assumed it'll be the woman. I mean, I don't have any um children, but if we did, um, I'm really clear it wouldn't be me who'd be staying at home. You know, I earn more money, you know, so it would make sense. And my husband would probably be better at it because he's got more patience, which he'd need as he's married to me. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think where we're going with all this now is into kind of that theme of this year's International Women's Day, which is break the bias, isn't it? And we're starting to talk about stereotypes and discrimination. And I know Chris mentioned right at the offset about her height and feeling conscious of that. And i certainly had feedback. Um, I went into journalism at 18 so I was on that roughy tufty I love that phrase Sharon I'm going to reuse it roughy tufty newsroom floor where people shouted across the room you know that you hadn't got something right and if you couldn't spell somebody's name right you weren't worth your salt and all that kind of stuff so I was quite young and then when I came into comms and management and leadership and all that kind of stuff I was still quite young and I used to get um, you know comments about you know I'm here because of what I looked like and you know was I old enough to be on the board? and all that kind of stuff as opposed to like what I'd achieved and what I was bringing and what my skills were and of course we see it in public life don't we you know um, MPs all walking in the door of number 10 you know the men will be uh, uh, you know described in certain ways but the women it's always what they're wearing isn't it yeah. you know and what they look like um, so we're into that space now and I wonder what you what you've experienced and what you think about that and you know it hasn't that hasn't really changed has it you know I, I recently was talking to a colleague in a different trust, who said, I've got to be careful what I wear. You know, if I look too much of a ball breaker, you know, to coin a phrase, then I don't land right. Whereas if, you know, I look too, you know, girly again, for want of a different description, then that's not right. Well, really, this woman just needs to be able to come to work and do what she needs to do, surely, you know, and throw off whatever anyone thinks about her outfit.
1: I am just giggling actually, at this, it's just popped into my head that um, thinking about appearance. So I, I'm a person who quite likes to chop and change my hair colour and for a while very recently it was bright blonde and it's really interesting because I then had it coloured back darker and was told by a friend and colleague that um, I'd be taken much more seriously (laughs) yeah and I know I just laughed at the time but and that was just at the point I was stepping into the the director's role so you just think gosh and, and I hadn't given that a second thought until having this conversation but it's clearly those biases still exist yeah and it's interesting because I never ever thought about my hair holding me back but clearly
4: (laughs) (laughs) and did did it affect your ability to do your job
1: absolutely not
4: yeah I can I suppose what sticks in my mind is um It's important that you've got support at home as well when you're doing this, whether it's from, you know, family or friends. And I can remember mum saying to me many, many years ago as a tiny person, I'm sorry, but what you've not got in height, you're going to have to make up in bounce. And and that stuck with me and all the way through my career and even writing my master's thesis is the chapter on, you know, um, the biases around different things. And um, I remember being invited to speak at a, a women's leadership, a breakthrough series programme, and um, I remember asking each woman on the programme that if they could be a uh, Mr Man or a Little Miss, which one would they be and which one would they take forward with them? And I shared um, two. So if I was a Mr Man, I was going to be a Mr Bounce. And that was because it always stuck with me that I was going to get there, whatever. And I just had to do that by bounds rather than by height. And the other one was I was going to be Little Miss Sunshine because uh, I was always going to believe in me. And if I had a smile on my face, that was me having the confidence to believe in me. So which uh, Little Mr Man would you be? I'm probably known for
5: being a bit, a little bit, little miss bossy because uh, there's a little bit of me, of that in me without a doubt. Um, I sort of tend to sort of know uh, what I want and sometimes I've had to be a bit bossy about going about it. I mean, I, I think that goes back to again, you know, my thinking about my mum and how she sort of raised me it was very much around sort of being a, a a strong woman and really sort of pushing me in terms of um sort of my aspirations and not accepting um sort of any sort of mediocrity and actually I, I, I really thank her for that now I think she was you know really instrumental in in giving
2: me some of the confidence Michelle. I feel come, come from a, a strong like a, a long line of strong women. Not particularly career wise, but um, but definitely some very uh, strong women. My grandmother was a had nine children, and on her ninth baby, she actually cycled herself to the hospital. So if that's not strong. I don't know what is. I think w-
0: what we've heard again is is common a common theme isn't it strong role models we've all talked about our mums our sisters each other and um, do you think that one of our roles here within the trust is to provide strong role models on gender and what does that look like because I was just chuckling at Kate Atkinson's, you know, I'm a little bit bossy. And then I, I don't know if you've all seen that meme where there's two girls uh, in a playground and it's like an old photograph and it says, you know, she's not bossy, she's got leadership potential. You know, it, it, it is back to that gender bias, isn't it? If women are assertive and strident and capable, we don't use those words, do we? We say they're bossy or they're nagging us or, you know, words of, of, that, of that type. So I suppose two bits to that question, you know, we still do need to break down some of this stuff and call it out and and is that our job
3: yes it is absolutely and I think you're right and you know people are judged on kind of what they were in the press you know so we have to kind of call it out when we see it but I don't think it's just the job of the execs I think it's all of our jobs to call out anything you know that we see that's wrong and anybody who's judged done anything other than their kind of performance. So whether that's on, you know, race, gender, sexuality, we absolutely all have a duty as a human to call it out. But I think, you know, obviously we're women and, you know, we need to kind of role model for women. Because I think it's really important, for example, that we vote um, because um, I grew up in Morpeth in Northumberland and Emily Wilden Davison is buried in my churchyard and wow. used to visit her grave often. And for anybody who doesn't know, she fell slash through herself in front of George V's horse. And when you look at things in society that, you know, Aren't that long ago, you know, racism, slavery, you know, all of those things in the last kind of hundred years, well, still happen, don't they, in some parts of the world? And obviously, in some parts of the world, women can't vote and things. And that's such an alien concept to us here. So we absolutely must kind of, you know, well, treasure it. It's our right.
0: So I think that probably brings us towards a bit of a close. So I want to sum up by asking the question, you know, what tips would you give people, or perhaps thinking about your younger self, and what more can we do at ELHT to empower everybody actually, but particularly those women around us that have got so much to offer. And as I think was was to Kate's point earlier, now how do we pull them up with us? So two big questions there. And I'll I'll go around and get your thoughts. I'll go to Chris first.
4: I would probably say um, I think you need to be kind to yourself you need to believe in yourself you need to bring confidence and i'd aim for the stars because you can always fall back on the clouds just go for it because the support's there particularly with the organization and with the women we've got here on this podcast you know we've got a, a strong um female team so yeah do all those things
0: brilliant thanks what about you
4: kate yeah, so I think
1: one of the things I recognise I've always done, and I would say to everybody, don't don't follow my lead, is um, talk myself out of applying for things. So I would always look at a person's spec and think, oh, well, I haven't exactly got that and I haven't exactly got that. And I think women tend to do that. They talk themselves out of applying for promotions or different roles, whereas men are programmed, I think, very differently. So they have quite a lot of confidence and can sell themselves really well and look for reasons they can do a job rather than reasons they can't do a job. So I would say always look for what you can do and how you can transfer experience or what have you, because actually Chris's point right at the beginning about managing households and all the rest, we have a lot of skills that we can bring. So don't undersell yourself, be confident. And I would say in ELHT, seek out a mentor. We have got a strong leadership team. And I think if you do have aspirations and you, you're perhaps struggling with where to go or having a bit of that confidence and building yourself up and knowing the direction to take, get yourself a mentor. And, and you know, um, that then will hopefully bring you through.
3: Okay. So I suppose in the words of Hamlet by William Shakespeare, who's um, much more eloquent than I, I suppose my words would be to thine own self be true so absolutely believe in yourself whatever you want to be that's not necessarily be you know that you want to be a manager you know you might want to be the best secretary you can be you might want to be the chief exec you might want to be the best accountant the best you know whatever it is that you want to be be the best version of yourself believe in yourself, value yourself, you are worth it.
2: Brilliant. Michelle? I would echo the believe in yourself 100%. There's something about not being frightened to challenge, if you do see any signs of uh, whether that's misogyny or unfairness, uh, and to call it out. Whereas I didn't in the 90s when, when I heard that multiple times and then I started to believe it, that women weren't deserving of these positions and it would be too hard and I was told that you'll never be a manager, you're not strong enough, you're you're too soft, all of this stuff. And all they were describing actually was empathy. So believe in yourself and don't be frightened to call it out. And also don't worry about not following a path that is considered to be the norm, because for many women, it is different. It is a different route. It's not the normal college, university, straight into these managerial jobs. Look around the NHS now and look around our board, senior leaders in the NHS that there are a variety of ways that people have got there and for me it was just because there was nobody left I know that and <laughs> it came to the interviews but that's it is different and not to worry about it.
5: Kate Atkinson I wasn't thinking of Shakespeare's words, but the, the words that I wrote down was to be yourself. I think that's just so Im- important And um, in being yourself. that That is good enough. You don't have to try and pretend to be someone else. So therefore, to be kind to yourself within that and kind to other people. And, uh, you know, I think as, as we've shown, I think a lot of this is about how we support each other as well, isn't it? To be the best that, that we can be. And, and nobody's asking for any more than that.
0: I feel like we should start the day every day in this way because I feel <laughs> so, so inspired now. I mean, I get to work with you guys every day and, uh, you know, it, it is a really strong team here, as Chris says, particularly from a female perspective. And, you know, what? what's really struck me in the conversation over the last kind of half an hour or whatever is, we're all really, really different. We all bring really different skills and personalities to the table, but there's some really common themes, isn't there? I wrote down Be Yourself, K just like you did because actually it's completely exhausting to try and be anyone else isn't it you know I don't know about you but I've gone through periods in my career where I've like come to work and tried to be something different somebody that I thought they wanted and gosh you just go home and you're absolutely exhausted aren't you I used yeah. to be completely paranoid about my accent I've been through periods where I use my telephone voice for eight hours a day I've decided now working in East Lancs better and just go full belt Lancashire accent everybody knows what I'm talking about about but I I agree you know some of the things I've taken is just think about all the things that you can do and all the things that you are as opposed to all the things that you're not or all the things that you forgot to do because let's be honest we're always forgetting to do things aren't we so I'm going to wrap it up now and I just want to say my daughter's birthday is today International Women's Day the 8th of March I don't think that's any coincidence because she's right feisty and probably is going to end up like ruling the world in some way but I always say uh, and I said this last year on International Women's Day I wouldn't have this for her in just the same way that we are mums we've all described haven't we, how our mums and uh, wouldn't have it for us and inspired us and actually in a, in a leadership position for me if I wouldn't have it for her I'm not having it for anybody else either so let's call it out and let's you know that whole be kind to yourself and to people I, I really really resonate with so thank you all so much for joining me I, I hope that people listening have found it really thought-provoking we'd be really interested in now all of us to hear your thoughts and if you enjoyed this podcast please do share it with your colleagues and we're building up loads of audio now on ELHT audio and it seems like a really good way to communicate with people we all love listening to podcasts don't we so um, if you've got any ideas for a podcast that you want to do and you you work with an ELHT or you've any feedback for us in terms of listening in and please do get in touch but otherwise have an amazing International Women's Day and uh, be yourself and be kind to yourself